Do you think you're ahead of the curve when it comes to emerging trends? Is your technical approach sound and in line with best practice? How about your drive to implement and your tracking against KPIs? No, I'm not talking about how you manage your business portfolio. I've got your career in mind. You know, that not so insignificant part of your life that is too often left to chance. If you're like most people, you'll have a haphazard and non-strategic approach to managing your career. That's when you put any thought into it at all. Clearly, that doesn't make sense. Clearly, the fact that you're still listening means that you're at least semi-interested in overcoming this deficit. Clearly, it might be useful to learn from the world's leading business-to-consumer and business-to-business marketing experts. Welcome to Career Chinwags for the 21st Century. I'm a career practitioner who's worked with thousands of clients over the past 20 years, so I've had quite a bit of time to think about career issues. Each fortnight, I pick up on an issue that takes my fancy. Some are very practical, such as episode 16, where I think I give some interesting advice on how to answer common interview questions. Other episodes tend to cover more big picture topics, such as podcast 9, where I talk about how to have or how to achieve long-term career survival. In today's episode, I'm going to present seven tips from global marketing experts so that you become the go-to candidate in your industry. Before we start, though, I've got an update on some changes to our services. Up until just last week, when it came to resumes, we've always gone down the path of delivering a session with a client to show them how to do a resume, giving them templates and giving them sample content. Our client has then gone off and done the draft, and then we've spent another, usually it takes about an hour, together at the computer finishing off the draft. And our aim has always been that our client learns how to do the resume and they don't have to keep coming back to us every time they want to update it. Now, this does two things. It costs a bit less or quite a bit less, and it's it's really best practice for us to transfer the knowledge to you or to our clients that they know how to, how to manage their own resume in future. But what we found is some people just don't want to do this work or they're in a hurry. And so they've been asking me or asking us to reinstate the old program we had, which is called Resume Done For You. And so that's what I've done. And this is a product where, or this is a service where either one of my consultants or myself interviews you, and then we create new content and just go back and forth with you until you're happy with the resume. Whether I work on your resume or whether one of my consultants works on your resume, I still check every resume that goes out. As boring as that task is, I just really don't want any of the resumes going out without my evil eagle eye having had a look at them. And probably the other related issue to that is, I think probably because I'm wanting to relaunch this service, we've got an end of financial year sale going at the moment. So if you book in with us before 30 June of this year, there's a 20% discount not just on this service, but on all of our services. Okay, let's get started. There are two men who are the absolute global marketing experts. Whenever they produce their work, it's always in the business section of the major newspapers of the world, and people comment on their comments. 
Their names are Lesbonet and Peter Field. And they have a very rigorous evidence-based and metric approach to analysing which activities work well when it comes to selling and when it comes to marketing. What I thought I'd do last time I saw it is I thought, I reckon those concepts would translate well to career selling and career marketing. And so that's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to take each of these seven concepts or tenets that they have, let's call them concepts, and I'm going to translate them across into the career space so that you can use them and and apply them to your career. The first one is the concept that brand and sales work over different time periods and different time scales and that you need to differentiate. So let's look at the separate activities. They use the term sales activation. I'm just going to call it sales. So in career terms, sales, of course, is the equivalent of applying for a new job. Whereas brand, building your brand in a career space, means the same as it does in a marketing space. That term is quite commonly used when talking about careers. What Benet and Field say in relation to sales, you get a result very quickly after you start your sales process. They say that you get your result within about six months. And this makes sense if you think about it from a job search point of view. Once you've made up your mind to target a new role, you generally move pretty quickly. And all things being equal, you've often picked up that new role within within six months, if not less. Brand building, though, leads to long-term sales growth. And they talk about a two- to three-year effort. I think if we translate that across into the career space, long-term growth is when you get to the situation where your marketplace comes to you and constantly pesters you to go and work for them. I think in a career space, we're looking at probably 12 months to maybe 18 months. I don't think it takes quite as long as three years. So let's look at how you can profit from this approach in your career. The first issue is, you still need to have a well-executed sales campaign. Obviously, make sure that your immediate selling skills and documents are very strong. So we're talking about cover letter, resume, LinkedIn profile, job search networking, and interview skills. The second point is that building your brand, that's the work you do to ensure that your marketplace knows you and likes what it sees. Here, the recommendation is instead of having a fits and starts approach, have a long, hard think about increasing your emphasis on your career brand. Establish a strategic plan and have measurable KPIs. And I think third, find some supports that you stick to your strategic plan. I read a recent success story where the executive met weekly with a paid mentor And as soon as I read it, I thought, wow, I think that's a little bit over the top and I can imagine how expensive it was. But I think it would be good for you to arrange to meet a support person at least once every six months. They'll help you stay on track and they'll help you make a sensible use of your time. The second comment from Field and Benet is that your share of voice predicts either your future growth or your future decline. And I love that term, share of voice, and of course I'll explain it in a minute. When it comes to marketing, a brand's share of voice 
will tend to predict its future share of market. So when a brand's voice or share of voice within a category is larger than its market share, it's very likely to grow. And then the opposite. When its share of voice is lower than market share, it's likely to shrink. So as they explain, the more people you're reaching and the more people who are talking about you, the greater your opportunity to maintain or grow your market share. If you're achieving less reach and impact than your position in your category suggests you need, there's likely to be trouble ahead. How can you profit from this tenant in your career? Number one, improve your profile and its reach. Your marketplace can't buy you if they don't know you exist. And what they learn about you needs to be compelling. Number two, analyze your most effective medium. And I think here it's very straightforward. For an executive or a senior professional, LinkedIn is likely to be your most valuable avenue. Interestingly, I read just this weekend, coming out of America, they're also suggesting you need to look at having a brand on Instagram and Facebook. It is, of course, always worth thinking about how you present yourself on those media, but I don't think you probably need to be pushing your brand that way. Number three, keep up to date with the marketing quirks of the medium. I was shocked to find out a few months ago now, probably six, seven months ago, or maybe a year ago, that LinkedIn has succumbed to hashtags, but it's a bit more subtle than that. They have a convention, again, unless it's changed and I'm out of date, that you're only supposed to use about four hashtags. In other words, they get annoyed if you have too many hashtags. Whereas, of course, on Instagram, you can have as many hashtags as you like. There's plenty of information out there. Just find an authoritative blog that can talk to you about how to manage your behavior on LinkedIn. The third point that Benet and Phil talk about is that a long-term outward focus brings broader and bigger effects. That appears blindingly obvious to me. Sales, which don't forget, sales is when you're actually specifically applying for a job. It brings a narrower but earlier effect, but you get a smaller payback. Yes, you win that next job, but it's usually very similar to your current job. It might be slightly more senior or it might be in a slightly different technical area or a sector. The easiest way to make a large career move, either to a new industry or to a much more senior role, is through networks. And these networks come from building your brand. So it brings you this broad but slower effect with bigger paybacks. How can you profit from this tenet in your career? Number one, Sales is useful when you want an immediate change in your job. And if you're going to do that, your best results will come from targeting similar roles at similar levels in the same industry. Number two, brand building swings more power to you. Instead of you being the chaser, you become the person who's regularly wooed by keen and eager prospective employers. You're also more easily able to name your terms and conditions when you accept the role. The fourth element that Benet and Field raise is the issue that the broader the reach, the greater the efficiency. 
They suggest that brand building should not focus exclusively on product messages. They recommend two or three key values repeatedly communicated in a way that speaks to all potential customers. In a career context, this means that you should seek to appeal to decision makers beyond your immediate market. How can you profit from this in your career? Firstly, decide exactly what it is that you stand for. Several years ago, there was an activity on LinkedIn where somebody just started a a meme almost saying, find one word that you would use to describe yourself. And I hesitated a long time because I wasn't really happy with this word, but I chose the word rigorous. And I really think that if there's one word that I could use to describe myself, it's that I'm rigorous. And the reason why I hesitated is I often think, well, really in my space as a career specialist, I'm supposed to be warm and supportive and caring. And hopefully I'm all of that, but really the number one word probably for me is rigorous. I've accepted that and it shows up in all of my brand content. So have a think about you. Choose one word for yourself and then let that word shine through in all of your communication to your audience. The second point in relation to this piece of advice is broaden your commentary to non-industry specific content. A couple of years ago, I was working with uh, somebody who wanted to go from being managing director of a smaller organization to the CEO of a larger organization in a different industry. And he wrote a couple of great LinkedIn blogs about leadership and about mergers and acquisitions. So one was technical and one was more um, philosophical. And it was part of a very successful plan. He won the role in the new industry and the larger organization. And another way of doing it, the third way, is report on global workplace concerns and trends. If you can act as a link between change that's coming and your target market, you can gain the reputation as an expert who can help others to feel comfortable with these changes that are coming. The fifth of the seven elements is that fame-driven campaigns outperform others on all business metrics. According to Benet and Field, if you're the brand that everybody talks about and that springs most readily to mind, you have a serious advantage over any less familiar competitors. You're always the obvious answer to the question of what to buy. How can we translate that across to your career? Number one, create your own content. Use LinkedIn for blogs and or write technical papers for your industry journal and make sure that you vary the tone and the style depending on which of these media you're using. Secondly, speak up in professional development activities. Make sure that you offer sensible and strategic comments at appropriate times in your network. Number three, speak at conferences. Now, these days, these opportunities are quite rare. You'll need to form relationships with the gatekeepers in your target market. And if you are asked to speak, offer an interesting angle on issues that are plaguing your industry. The sixth element that Benet and Field found is that emotional campaigns are more effective on almost all business metrics, especially long-term ones. 
They argue that we place too much emphasis on rational messaging and not enough on emotion. Instead of delivering emotionally engaging human stories, they say too many marketers rely on dry, literal presentations. They say it's hard to build a brand that will give you long-term competitive advantage if you can't generate creative ideas that resonate with audiences on an emotional level. How can you profit from this in your career? Number one, use subtle and understated emotion. Emotions like hope, confidence and fear of failure all do come into play when you're selling yourself or when people are looking to buy. Number two, make sure you understand which emotions are relative to your buyer. And I quite like peace of mind. I think it's a useful catch-all phrase. If you can convey the message that you're a safe pair of hands who will steer the organisation through any troubled waters they may face, I think it's a really valuable emotion to sell. And number three, make sure you connect emotionally with your buyer when you're in the sales phase. And you've heard me talk about this quite a lot. Don't forget the like in that saying, people will buy from people they know, like and trust. It's really important that you come across as likeable in cover letters, in job search networking and in interviews. The final characteristic that Benet and Phil talk about is creativity. So they argue that creative campaigns are 11 times as efficient at driving the share of market growth. They think that marketers overestimate the importance of their brand in the lives of their audience. And they argue that taking risks and being bold in the pursuit of fame is worth it. How can we translate this across to the career space? Firstly, Ban the bland. Have a voice. Use professionally chatty language in in all of your documents, whether it's your LinkedIn profile, whether it's your blogs. Number two, avoid motherhood content. Again, this is something I talk about quite a lot. Don't use corporate speak phrases like, I'm passionate about, or I took my team on a journey. Number three, show colour. Expand your vocabulary. Choose a mix of everyday words and evocative language. And number four, incorporate creativity into your sales activity. Reveal something of yourself and your workplace philosophy in interviews. Use coffee shop talk to build rapport. I think what Benet and Field are talking about is to switch from short-term approaches to a strategic approach. They think it's terrible that most marketers focus on short-term efficiency. And I extend this to most people. To me, it just doesn't make sense for you to have an emergency response to your next job by feverishly applying for roles only when they come up, all the while ignoring your brand. Les Benet and Peter Field have been researching marketing effectiveness for longer than 10 years. And their findings have shaped the way marketers think about their activity. It does make sense for you to incorporate their beliefs and their advice into your career management. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you like what you've heard, I'd love it if you could share the podcast or leave a review. 
I'm still doing a podcast every fortnight. And next episode, I'm going to talk about six career errors you should never, ever, ever make. Remember, if you want to review what we've talked about, check out the show notes at careerconsult.com.au. There you'll find a full article on the topic. You may have other supporting documentation as well. And there'll be links to tools and resources. Don't forget, I do a mail out once a fortnight. It's a video, a blog, sometimes an infographic. If you're interested, either contact the office on admin at careerconsult.com.au or phone us, or you'll find a sign-up form on the web. Let's finish with my hashtag. Hashtag, why not be happy at work? <laughs>